Hi, and welcome to Rescuing Churches. If you love pastoral life, ministry, and church revitalization, this is a great place to join the discussion about why the local church matters, how we can help the ones that are in decline, and be an encouragement to their pastors along the way. We'll even get to hear stories from special guests about what God is doing in the church at large. This show is hosted by two guys who serve the local church and is for everyone within the local church. Thanks for tuning in today. Let's go. All right, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rescuing Churches, the show where everything is made up and the points don't matter. No, wait. No, different show. Where it's always a great adventure discussing church revitalization and pastoral life. That's right. Learn more at 614ministries.org. My name is Josh. That's my dad, Stan. And silent partner Mike is here, man in the knobs at Mission Control, where we have had more technological issues today than usual. So just bear with us if anything blows up or goes wrong. But is, we're better today. We are better because today. Because of the technological but issues. he's trying to keep everything stabilized over there, and he's got his hands on it like he's, you know, about to perform surgery on something. That's so, right. Dad, today you want to take a look at this concept of who's leading, specifically who's leading in your worship service. So kind of tell our audience. Uh, specifically who's leading the church. The church. Yeah. Yeah. And the service is going to be a part of that. Big time. Right. Because as pastors, we think it's the most important thing because it's where we tend to put our thumbprints all the time. But right. who's leading the church mm-hmm. is really sort of the issue for me. Right. So... Let our listeners know, how did you sort of start reflecting on all of this and pondering this? Like, How did it come about in your head? There are multiple pieces, and it's really probably eight or so years of feedback and information and people talking with me. Um, I was accused years and years ago of uh, the church only having my personality, which is why it's failing, uh, which meant I had a failing personality, which broke my heart, by the way. Apparently, my personality is not good enough to help anybody. That's always a nice thing to tell yeah, a pastor. Yeah, but but you know, the person really was saying it in, in accountability with me, and I took it hard, um, but I also took it to heart to process mm-hmm. what that all means and began to look into that. And I had to ask sort of the hard question, you know, who whose personality does the church have, and is there room for more than just one? And what I've found in a lot of small churches as pastors, and of course I'm 60 years old, I've been doing this for 40, so part of my struggle gets to be the spiritual pride side that wants to tell all the younger guys, you don't know what you're talking about, or you haven't done this before, or you're not thinking through this fully or whatever. But what I've learned is letting guys have very specific um, freedoms and letting other staff members and lay members have opportunities broadens the personality of the church dramatically so that more people feel welcome, more people feel involved and blessed, and guests feel like the church has room for more. Right. And, And I think just as a pastor... 
small church pastors, sometimes we set ourselves up for failure because we just want to handle everything. And and if we're not handling it, we want to make sure the person handling it is going to do it like we want it handled. Yeah, and that, that sounds a little control freakish. Yeah, it does. No, but sometimes the, the case is control freakish, actually. Yeah, and it, but in some small churches, you've got the pastor handling everything because he might be the only person to handle everything. Which may mean, and I'm learning this, yeah. we don't need to be handling it. Yeah. If somebody hadn't volunteered to help with the children, then we need to say there's no children's department until we have a volunteer. Right. Um, if somebody's not, you know, working in a particular area, we might need to find a way to to work around that until somebody volunteers rather than force, you know, my leadership or my personality into that. And right. what what I see sometimes is that we're not leaving room for God and we're not leaving room for others to work with us. Um, in other words, if you're not going to work with me like I want to be worked with or like I want to do, then I'm not going to be able to work with you. So now it has to go back to being my personality. My personality is going to run the ministry rather than everybody having that. And and another element of this, you were asking where this all came from. So I had a, a, a critique a long time ago, an accountability critique that was pretty hard. And then slowly but surely I realized when I go to summer camp every year, Camp, camp Eunice in Roberta, Georgia, shout out to middle of nowhere, Georgia, and but when I go to camp every year, I take a booklet that I've worked on with 10 lessons, and those 10 lessons are ones I've prayed very hard over and believe God's led me to do. But I always meet with the leadership core on the very first Monday. We start camp on Sunday night, so I've done one chapel service. Monday morning after breakfast, I ask everybody to meet with me in the back that's in leadership or uh, counseling there. And I tell them, hey, this is what God led me to do here in this booklet. But if you don't, if you start meeting with kids or hearing from kids that it's not getting it done, give me that feedback and I'll throw it away. So what I was actually saying to the camp leaders is, this is my plan, but I don't need to be doing something that's not working. You have to be adaptable. Exactly. And very flexible. And I was, I'm always terrified every year somebody's going to go, hey, it's not working. Because I'm like, well, I worked really hard on these. I have, you've helped me make the PowerPoint for them. I have music designed around each theme. You know, I have the Bible passages and illustrations for it all. And I worked very hard to create. We do 10 chapels in five days there. So it's a pretty intense program. And I'd hate to throw it away on day one or day two and start over. But if necessary, I, I kept learning at camp I'm willing to do that. Well, what about church? Right. What about here at church? Would I Could I say to God, God, my sermon today is actually plan B or plan C. Colin Campbell with um, Custom Built Discipleship Ministries that's been helping us for a while now, and we've done some great stuff together. Um, he teaches this really great strategy that I love, and between he and I, we've kind of adopted this together. But he he says your how you're discipling an individual is really Plan B. It's your plan to help that person, and you may have a Plan B and a Plan C, but Plan A may be what God wants. So when you first sit down with them and ask how are you doing, and they come up with something totally different than what you plan on talking about, you realize we need to talk about that. That's God's plan now. And plan A should always be God's plan. Plan B can be mine. Plan C can be mine. Yep. But ultimately, we need to have, leave room. And this is how I used to say it at camp, and it, it triggered yep. into Colin, and Colin and I kind of bounced and reflected off of it with discipleship. 
we really need to leave enough room for God that whatever he wants to do, we can do. And we'll let him have, let him do that. Um, so I prepare a sermon for Sunday, um, and I prepare the songs for Sunday at our church. I help with the worship. So pretty much I do all of that. Um, I may reflect with you on some of that because you're helping with the worship team, but pretty much I do all of it. Well, if somebody else injects something into that, I need to have the freedom to let them inject and even listen to it maybe as a voice of God um, so that it's fresh, right? So right. it's new. Um, so plan A is when we come to our own service, we'll let God interrupt us. And, you know, maybe maybe we need to learn to figure out how to let God begin to interrupt us more. Yeah, that happened one time when we had the power outage situation up here at the church. Oh, goodness. That yeah. was a, um, yeah. You know, we, we had a mechanical interruption by God. Yeah, we well, we had a whole thing planned for the service that day, and we had certain songs planned. We had certain PowerPoints planned to go with that, and everything was going to go a certain way. And then you get here, and the power's out, and it's like, hey, we're going to have church outside today, and worship is going to be songs that we can play off the top of our head instead of the songs we had planned for the service. So yeah, we, we had to be adaptable and flexible. Just to create the control freak monster that I can be, our church starts at 10.30, and at 10.15, I was still trying to pray for that power to come back on, so we just go what we had. Yep. And God would say, no. Nope, not going to happen today. Not going to happen. In fact, the power trucks are going to back up into your driveway while you're yep. having an outdoor service. Oh, are you all trying to have church today? <laughs> now now yeah. we're having service outdoors. How's that working? But really, at 10.15, 15 minutes before we start, you and I said, what, what songs can we do outside that they would know the words? We, yep. have, no, we have no way of vid- do visuals out there. Yeah, we know we're going to do Shout to the Lord. Yeah, That's right. Shout to the Lord. Play, coming back. play that one in our head. Coming back. But what can we do without really any preparation and just kind of wing it? And the people worship well with us. How great is our God? Mm-hmm. Shout to the Lord. We had to go back to some classics. Oh, yeah. But in doing that, we actually created an incredible moment outside of authentic acoustic worship. You know, we had, I think we had about 75 here that morning. And um, we had we had all the guys, all the men grab chairs from our gym and walk them across the field into our pavilion. Um, and it was just one of those days where you went, well, everything went incredibly, even though it was not close to how we planned. We did not plan an outdoor service. We did not plan to have chairs out there. We did not plan to have, you know, those songs in our service. Yeah, and I let everybody see we weren't going to give up just because we had an interruption. We were actually going to make oh, yeah. it There's happen There's no anyway. way I was going to go, hey, church is canceled. <laughs> church is canceled. Because yeah, our power's out. That's never going to happen. We're still going to be able to figure out a way to make it work. Right, right. But but I don't need to let the church become purely what I want and purely what I like. Exactly. And that's a, that's a real challenge for especially an older pastor. We've got to be willing to let the young guys have some feet, some input into plans and into even service structure, service ideas, um, and figure out what that is. That and you know there, there's songs that our young pastors now play. Uh, in between services or, or before serv- before or after services, they would never be my choice. Right. I would never pick those songs. But the people love them. Our congregation likes them. And I'm having to learn. It's not my style that's the issue here. We need an open door personality. We need to broaden the personality away from just my preferences and my likes so that our church can actually grow and be healthy. And I think a lot of times an older pastor like myself, old, old, old pastor, we we get sort of curmudgeon you know? That's no, right. never. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> we get sort of— cur- I can't imagine that ever cur- happening curmudgeon and we get locked into this 
this is just the way we're going to do it. This is how our, these are our songs. These are our things. And we're not broadening this, you know, anything out from this. And that's very unhealthy. A church needs to have multiple uh, ways for other personalities to be plugged in and part of it and for other personalities to actually reflect the ministry of the church. And I think another important point, too, alongside what you're saying is that a lot of church personalities, if if a church could have a singular personality, even though it's made up of a group of individual, singular individuals, um, is that church personalities change over time. So and it kind of depends on the demographics of the church. Like you would say, I'm pretty sure you would say our church personality when we got here in 2000, in March of 2000, is a different personality than the church oh, personality we have today. Dramatically. Because it's changed over time. It's changed with the, the demographics of the people that go to our church now, the types of people that go to our church. The personality has kind of flipped. COVID was a part of that for us. So. Yeah, our our personalities changed even in, in more recent years. But but in the last year, we brought on I brought on two young staff guys as yep. interns to help serve alongside. That me. had a big big part. Yeah, of it. and and they're they're lighthearted. You know, I'm I'm a lot older, a little more serious about things, and they just come in with a lot of fun. Um, I haven't laughed this much in ministry in a long time with them alongside me. But they make everything more fun, and I had you know sort of worn that rug off. I, I, I wouldn't, it's not even a good analogy, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't as interested in us having fun as just trying to get through and do. Yeah. And then I realized, Hey, we can, we can do this and still have fun. It's a lot of fun to work with these right. guys. Ministry is fun. Exactly. And, and so it should be right. Right. So, so it's been real helpful to have, have that other and let their personalities literally become part of our services, whether they're doing announcements, I let them preach. Um, I let them, cover different parts of our Sunday, Wednesday prayer times, um, you know, all of that. But I'm exposing the church to more than just my personality and even putting them on leadership teams that are, you know, speaking to our finances or speaking to our leadership. So, so they actually create a whole different personality. I came in, you know, came in here the other day and, you know, somebody rearranged a bunch of pictures on a wall right? in the main hall. I'm like, Where'd the pictures go? Right. And I realized, hey, that looks pretty good. Right. I never thought of doing that. And it was different. And it's good because not only does it help with the personality of the church, but it, it also helps those young guys and, right. and everything feel like they have a voice and a place. Correct. They're not just there to uh, carry out orders or to follow orders and keep everything status quo. Hey, right. we, we actually have some input, and that makes them right. feel right. important and valuable. So so let me just say to, your, to our older pastors um, today— um, over the years, you've had to develop and, and lead small group ministries. Over the years, you've ran the youth group and maybe even still run the youth group or the children's ministry, and you oversee the children's ministry. You oversee its curriculum. You oversee its leaders. You oversee its activities. Um, you help with the music ministry if you're musically inclined. Um, you've been as the senior pastor of a small church, you're probably the men's ministry leader, even though there's a guy that calls himself the men's ministry leader. You're riding such close reins and herd with him that whatever you want's what he's doing. And all of that eventually becomes you, if you're not careful, micromanaging every little part of the church and not letting anyone else's personality bloom in its own in their own spiritual gifts within that ministry because you want small groups to be run like you've always run them. You want uh, children's ministry to be run like you always wanted it run in youth ministry. And so sometimes I want to challenge the older pastors. Sometimes we need to let go. We need to trust God 
and let even let the other staff members make some mistakes. We've had some mistakes made. Uh, we've had some people, you know, do some things that we had to go back and repair uh, relationally with some people. Mm-hmm. But that's all part. I, when I was a young minister, I had to repair some stuff. I made some mistakes. So letting all that, letting other personalities into the influence of your leadership style and your leadership of your church creates an opportunity for your church to see the church as a whole now can experience more personality in the whole sanctuary, in the whole meeting places, in the small groups. It doesn't feel like there's just one guy that we, we're all getting the same stuff from one guy. Yeah, because we all know that there's a lot of churches out there that are like that. I've had conversations with a couple of friends, even um, a conversation within the last couple of days talking about a church. And this was a much larger church. This wasn't a small church world situation, but it was a larger church where she was telling me, you know, that church, when I, when, when you watch that church online, it's all about that one guy. guy. It's, it's all, everybody that's there knows they're there for that guy's preaching or teaching style or how popular he is. And it just feels weird. It just, it feels awkward. feels, doesn't feel right. Right. So, so let's just take the one area that as senior pastors, we sort of take a lot of ownership with and even even perhaps, uh, you know, see that as totally ours, the morning service, right? I mean, as every Sunday, we're pre- every week we're preparing for that Sunday, one hour block, hour and a half block. It's the only day of the week that y'all work. It's the only day of the week that we that, work. That one, one hour that y'all work. I used to say that all the time. What do you do the rest of the time? So, so, but we prepare very hard for that, for that segment of, of the week and we want everything to go just right. So we get sort of tunnel vision at times about Sunday morning service. Um, if you're like me, I'm part of the worship team. I'm actually the worship leader currently because we're waiting on the Lord to reveal somebody else that'll lead. But at the, at the time, so now I'm, I'm helping pick the songs. I'm, I'm doing all the, all the specifics of that. And, and so the service is really my songs, my sermon, my prayers, and my dismissal, if I want it to be. Right. And for years, I wanted it to be, and I allowed it to be. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that was unhealthy for us as a church. Um, I need to get out of that routine. I need to be, your word earlier was flexible. Um, I, need to, I need to be open-minded about some of that. Yeah. And I also need to give God some space in that service that's not— the pastor space. This is not Stan's space. Reverend Stan Givens doesn't need all of that ten, you know, hour and a half. God needs a big chunk of it. So, what could I do to do that? Well, you know what we've started doing more recently in the yeah, last the year test- or so testimony. is you just open the floor up and say, you know, does somebody want to share something God's done for you this week? Now, as a younger pastor, that can be terrifying because, you know, somebody's going to say something you don't want them to say, even theologically. Oh, yeah. You know, they're going to yep. they're gonna come out with something you go, that's not even close to theologically correct. You know, I saw an angel, you know, well, in my burrito last week. What? But now you have something you can preach on next week. <laughs> correct. Right. Yeah. You can you, fix that problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> angels and burritos. Be our next sermon series. Angels and burritos. You can develop burritos. a great graphic for that sermon, I was gonna by say, the way. Uh, our our Silent Partner could very easily make us a video, good video on angels and burritos. And that would be a blast. We're doing it. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a new sermon series. But you never know what's going to come in that moment. So there's this there's this tension as a pastor where you go, I don't know if I want to open our people up to that. But if you don't, the whole service is built around you again. Yep. And if you do, now you're beginning to see the diversity of gifts, the diversity of teaching and understanding, the diversity of values. 
and the diversity of people within your congregation. So the beauty of your congregation gets to be very evident to people that are standing there that may be guests or maybe early, you know, only been there a few weeks. Now they see, hey, that, you know, that person has a great thought. Yeah. Um, I think that another important point alongside what you're saying there is not only it, not only is it important in that aspect, but it also helps the pastor, like you referenced earlier, to learn to just trust God with the moment. Even if something, if somebody is going to say something correct. that's theologically inaccurate, it helps all of us in leadership just say, hey, we just got to trust the Holy Spirit with that. And that situation will get handled later. Correct. Correct. Now, now, you know, the safer way to do that is to say, I'd like y'all, and you see me do this a bunch. I'd love for y'all to read Bible verses out loud. Somebody quote a verse that you know, or just look one up and tell each other a favorite verse. That's really safe, very but, safe. It's, but it's also very healthy because now you see you actually as a pastor can evaluate what kind of verses is our congregation gravitating toward or that is it milk or meat? Is it, is their diet really strong? Um, or are they, are they, able to produce some really healthy verses. I mean, and then, and then of course, if you don't, if you don't get any feedback at all from that, you go, do mm. our people even read the scriptures? <laughs> do, you, do you know where to look when I ask you for that? So, so you, you're getting a little feedback for yourself, but you're also creating that moment where you're not the only one putting Bible verses into the service. Exactly. The people get to put their own verse in today. I think the early Christian church was that anyway. It, they, you went around the room and said, Hey, what verse did you study this week? And what'd you learn? What Old Testament passage did you read? What what th- spiritual thought did you hear from an apostle? And what do you want to reflect on that with it? And everybody got a chance to speak. Right. So opening the floor up to me is really, really, really important um, to 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 give room for others to share, to speak, and to testify. And and I think you should ask the congregation. I think the congregation should come prepared to speak. Like the pastor could call me at any minute to share my favorite Bible verse or share my life verse or share my elevator testimony. Right. And I think the congregation should know the service isn't about what Pastor Stan planned. It's about what God planned, and God may call on him to call on you at any second. Sure. And your regular—I'm starting to work with that with our new members class now. I start I start taking them through that and say in the new members class, hey, during church service, you need to come prepared to teach. You need to come prepared to share, not necessarily teach, but to share. Because I'm probably going to call on you at some point and ask you to share your testimony, ask you to share your verses, ask you to share something you read this week. Church isn't me, it's us. Exactly. It's a plural thing. So, And it's not just for that one individual, it's also to encourage the other saints who are in attendance around that individual. So, Yeah, so and I, I'm just wrapping this out saying, look, if every part of the church has only your style and your pref- my style, my preference, my likes, and it's only one man, then it's not a body and it's not functioning as a healthy body. It's just one part of the body. Right. And the congregation needs to be open. Exactly. Um, an open forum time and let the congregation have time to share. Don't hold so much control that you're not letting others speak into that. And you can plan some of that. You can literally call people up during the week and go, this Sunday, I'm going to give you three minutes to share this. I'm going to give you three minutes to share this and three minutes to share this. Well, there's 10 minutes that other personalities now mm-hmm. can be in your service. And if it cuts a song out, that's fine. Yeah, and know? that way they've had a little bit of a warning too. Yeah, but they should also know, I think. At any time, yeah, at they any could time, be called on. At any time. So, <laughs> sure, exactly. But anyway, that's, really that's me wanting to say who, who's the one leading. God should be the one leading your service. And he doesn't mean for your service to be centered only on you. 
in your ways and right. your plans and your thoughts and it's your not efforts. about you it's not about you as a pastor even <laughs> that's though what we, we're driving at even you. though our congregation wants to be about us sure congregation is real happy to sit and not have to do anything just sit and watch it's just not healthy not the healthy. healthy church says we're all part of today's service everybody may get a chance to speak a lot of people should should get a chance to speak exactly and speak into others lives exactly so those those are my thoughts on it's really important that you not get stuck in a rut. Don't get stuck in a rut. Ruts are bad. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us today. Be sure to check out all the details of our upcoming Shepherd Summit conference by visiting the Shepherd Summit tab on our website at 614ministries.org. All the registration and payment information can be found there. The event's also on our social media, so you can find it on the events tab on our Facebook page. Let us know if you're coming to that. You can leave a comment. Just click attend. That would be great. If you have any questions feel free to shoot us an email i'm josh that's stan silent partner mike thanks for listening we will catch you guys next time you've been listening to rescuing churches a discussion for the local church and its leaders this show is brought to you by 614 ministries be sure to follow us on facebook and twitter at 614 rebuild and visit us online at 614ministries.org also subscribe rate and review on itunes spotify or wherever you enjoy your podcast thanks for listening